There's either two things that you're feeling coming out of COVID quarantine. One of them is you're asleep. And I, I get that. You just feel like a little bit of sleep, not to life, but to the way life used to be and to some of the reality and the responsibility that we've got to, we've got to face. The other is just chaos because, you know, a lot of us, our lives have been turned upside down. So if you are feeling like you are either asleep or that there's chaos in your life and everything is turning upside down, today's episode is just for you. I'm somewhat weirdly obsessed with pilots, with flying, with airplanes. We, we built our whole business made simple how to grow a business framework around an airplane. Like you literally, a business works like an airplane. And today I actually get to talk to a real pilot and talk about the relationship between flying and life a little bit. I mean, her new book is called Span of Control. Her name is Carrie Lorenz, and she's been on the show before, and we love having her on. And, you know, we just kind of geek out a little bit about the difference between a flight plan and a life plan and, you know, what you do when your life feels like it's out of control. Carrie has been there. She was the first ever female F-14 Tomcat fighter pilot in the U.S. Navy. She knows what she's talking about. And she's going to help us today figure out how to figure out if we are upside down and then what to do about it. Here's my interview with Carrie Lorenz. Carrie, it's so wonderful to have you back. I am so glad to be joining you again. I, I just love everything you do and your perspective on on so much. There's so much to learn from all your training in dealing with chaos, in dealing with extreme high stress and anxiety and putting together protocols and putting together frameworks, somehow figuring out how to govern your life. And I'm curious, just first of all, what's more chaotic, being a fighter pilot or being a mom who runs a business? Oh, well, one of them, if you make the wrong decision, you cannot <laughs> come back. The other one, if you make a wrong decision, you can mess up a bunch of people's lives. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> they're both high stakes is what you're That's saying. That's right. They're they're both high stakes in very different areas. Uh, but definitely for me, I think being a mom and trying to run a business, uh, there are a lot of challenges. And I I think for me, and you know, we we've touched on this a little bit before. I think it comes back to you have to be really, really clear on what success looks like for you. Hmm. And I think that's where a lot of people whiff it right out of the gate, whether that's business <laughs> or even uh, just on their in their personal relationships, families. It's, you know, what does success look like for you? Why is it so hard for some of us to figure out? And, and, and sometimes it's hard for me, but why is it so hard for some of us to figure out what success should look like? Why is it so hard for us to sit down and say, here's what I actually want? Have you ever thought about that? Absolutely. And I think in, in part, uh, it goes back to, because we've never actually been told, or for most of us, it, it hasn't been suggested that we actually take the time to do it. That we we all have become so reactionary, where if you go back even 50, 60 years, people sat down to read books. They sat down to write. They did they did more reflective things in their mm. lives where now, you know, mm. even if you go back, say, a hundred years and, and we look at agriculture, everybody sat down and they knew the rhythm. They knew the rhythm of when they were going to plant. They knew the rhythm of when they were going to harvest, what the yeah. risks were. And they had to be mindful about that. Now we are surrounded 
by, I think, such a fast pace, so much information, so much coming at us and pulling us in a thousand different directions that the majority of people are in 100% react-only mode. At the same time, there's such a line of garbage out there on life hack this. Just do this and it'll be easy. Just hit this button and do these seven steps and you too can have a yellow Lambo parked in your driveway. And if you don't, you're not enough or you didn't hustle. And it drives me nuts. I discovered probably 12 years ago when I was, I was doing some leadership programs with uh, upper level managers and directors at a large Fortune 50 company that not a one of them had ever done a leadership development plan. Now, okay, well, I don't know if I've done a leadership development plan either, but I'm but I've done like my life plan, my personal mission statement, my perfect week. What's what is in a leadership development plan? It's taking the time as a leader to look at even what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses. Yeah, and this yeah. isn't doing just a regular disc assessment or a strengths finder. You know, yes, there is an, an element of that, but actually taking some time to line out in your current situation professionally and personally, where is it that you want to go? Where are the gaps? And one of the levers, one of the pieces that that I definitely want people to look at is what piece of this success pie do you own? Because too often people think, well, what's my company doing for me? Why aren't they promoting me? Aren't they going to do this? And yet, if you flip the question to what are you doing? What are you taking action on? What courses are you, you know, you going to? What sort of personal and professional development are you personally investing in that allows you to to build that toolkit, if you will, to make you a more valuable asset that they can't not see you? Or what what is your brand, right? What's your personal professional brand? Not a lot of engineers sitting around thinking, I wonder what my brand is. And it's such a, that is such a worthy question to ask for anybody, yeah. engineers, whoever, what problem am I known for solving? Yes. What, what core values am I, I known to demonstrate? I mean, just even those asking, asking those questions just improve your life so much. I, I'm curious because your new book is called Span of Control. It comes out June 1st. I have the amazing luxury of going on paternity leave shortly thereafter. This will be on my book list when I'm awake at 3 a.m. <laughs> probably. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> With a baby, and we know it's a girl. May oh. spend her first month listening to your audiobook. We'll see. I could be her babysitter. <gasps> I think that would be awesome. Yeah, for sure. Well, make sure make sure then you you have her listen to it at under one point <laughs> There's three parts to span of control. There's there's signs of crisis, and then there's controlling our mindset. Mindset matters, and then there's taking control and going beyond. Those are the three parts of the book. What, one of the things I love about your books is they're just so well organized and they're, they're just so easy to follow the paths that you're taking people on. They don't meander. But, but before we get to the three parts of the book, I would imagine span of control is something that they teach you in fighter pilot training or something. What, what does span of control mean? So the idea of it and what most people are familiar with is it in more of an org chart perspective right? Where who, who are you con- in control of? Who do you lead or who do you manage? What's, what's your responsibility? Yes. Yes. Got it. Okay. But where I'm using this, where I'm leveraging this is that understanding that 
not only are there real opportunities for success during times of crisis and chaos, this is really going to be dependent on our ability to solve the problems that that rear up during these times of uncertainty. But then understanding that in order to do so, regardless of your age, your tenure, your level of responsibility, you are going to have to learn to identify your priorities so that you can find focus to navigate through these obstacles, have a flight plan for success, and then also be able to communicate what's possible for you, your teams, your families, your community. The the one thing with having a few years of experience under my belt and being able to work with lots of different companies and organizations, I can assure you that regardless of your position or your comfort level right now, you will run into turbulence, right? You will feel vulnerable at times. There is no doubt. You cannot de-risk all of the vulnerability out of your systems, out of your processes, or even out of your teams. So the question that we have to ask ourselves then is, how do you become or how can you be successful anyway? Hey, everybody, this is Dr. JJ Peterson, and we are getting ready to launch a brand new weekly podcast on June 23rd called Marketing Made Simple. And guess what? Yours truly is the host. I want you to be able to create marketing that is easy. You can do it quick without even almost thinking about it because you're so versed in how to create marketing that works. If you have struggled at all in creating marketing or your messaging feels convoluted or just isn't clear, you're not getting the results you want. I want you to subscribe to the Marketing Made Simple podcast because we are going to be giving you practical tips every single week that you can implement immediately powered by the story brand framework that teaches why it is important to understand how story works, how story works, and then how to implement that in marketing and messaging. So subscribe to Marketing Made Simple podcast. We come out June 23rd so you can get the practical tips that you need to create marketing and messaging that is easy to implement and works. A lot of books say, here's how to ease the chaos and tension and make it go away. And you're saying, you know, to a degree, some of it is never going to go away. It's a part of life. And how, how do you manage yourself within it and continue to, to steer toward your objectives? Absolutely. Because I think, and I do hear there, there are some lines of, of thought out there right now of eliminate the stress, eliminate the stress. And I think you're actually setting yourself and your teammates up for failure if your goal is to eliminate stress, what you want to be able to do is, is have the tools, have the habits, have the processes in place so that you reflexively are able to navigate stressful times and that you, you understand what it is you can focus on. So span of control is really, it's determined by the things you can and should be focusing on and understanding that everything else is just a distraction. This goes back to that that being really intentional piece of it, that oftentimes people, because they're so busy firefighting and they think I'm too overwhelmed, I can't add another thing, that this is where we, we miss the opportunity for actually being able to tamp down some of the stress, get the most important work done that we need to get done, and actually live a better life and not in a 
you know, touchy-feely butterfly and unicorns way. Yeah. You know, there's some really, it looks like really practical advice in the book. And, and you've got a chapter called Multitasking is a Myth. Mm. And it's in, the, it's in the Signs of Crisis section of the book. And I'm curious to hear your perspective on that. Right. Okay. So, so much to be said on that. And this is where I know calm brevity matters. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in this age of distraction, distraction, we would seem to think that multitasking is a superpower to have, right? Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, it isn't real. The science, the brain science tells us that it's a myth or a false impression. And when we think think we are multitasking, what we're actually doing is switching back and forth between two or more tasks in rapid succession. And that's actually called task switching. And mm. you, you might be semi-decent at it, but inevitably what happens is that you will not be focusing on the thing that matters most right now. And if you don't know how to prioritize and determine which items or things should get your best focus. It ends up eating up tons of time. It ends up fatiguing your brain, which then leads you to making uh, worse or much more poor decisions. And people think that oftentimes we all have phones by us, you know, and we're like, oh, I'll just, I'll just flip it over. Right. But you can still feel it buzz. And after the seventh, 10th, 12th buzz, you're like, I'm just going to look at it real quick. And, and looking at that text pulls your attention away. That might take you 10 seconds or 20 seconds. And you think that's only 20 seconds of my attention that it pulled. But most of the brain science shows us that if you are doing something that requires even a moderate, moderate level of thinking or deep work, it actually takes your brain 28 to 30 minutes to get back on task. Yeah. And then, you know, you're not going to look at your phone once. You're going to look at it every 30 minutes, which means you're toast. Exactly. Which is why at the end of the day, so much of a, so many of us feel completely exhausted. We feel like we didn't get anything done or, or we think it's okay if I just keep looking at my phone or it's okay if I keep looking at that Slack channel, that ding, that buzz. But it's also why we're, we're feeling drained. We're feeling overwhelmed and the quality of our work suffers because of it. Yeah. You know, the only way I can get around this, because there's just a lot going on here these days, mm-hmm. my, my priority task is always whatever book I'm working on. And I've, I've got three more to write when I'm done with this one. The, the only way I can really do that is 7 a.m. to 9 or 10 a.m. focusing on the book before I look at my phone. That's it. And it, I mean, if I try to write starting at 10 a.m., forget it. I really can't get it done. My, my brain has already gone into monkey brain mode and I, I, you know, I love my life now. It, it, it's really wonderful. There are times, though, when I envy the old me who could sit around in his underwear and all he had to do was finish a chapter today, right? <laughs> that's, like, that's the only thing on my list is finishing that chapter. I don't like multitasking. I really, I, I, I don't like it. I don't want to be proud that I'm good at it. But at the same time, it feels like we are task switching is, is a more appropriate name for it. That rings true. It uh, feels like that's where we all live right now. What are some methods that you use to to combat that. So I'm with you on that. And my struggle has even been, uh, and this is going to date this a little bit, but for the last year during the uh, pandemic, when we were in lockdown, I, I, for several months had four kids in school 
in four different areas on Zoom in meetings, you know, in wow. my house as we were all in lockdown, yeah. which means everybody's coming in, everybody's interrupting, and you're still trying to finish those last chapters, or you're trying to thread together an idea, or you have a business plan you're trying to get out. So what I do is I do something that if I'm struggling or I know I have to get something done, I do something that's called hack the clock or hacking the clock. So often when we get panicked or overwhelmed or time compressed, time can seem to speed by out of control. What ends up happening? We end up making bad or low quality decisions. So hack the clock or hacking the clock is a term that we used in aviation, that when an emergency happens, we physically push the timer in our cockpit. We have an old school little clock in there that starts the clock at zero so that we actually have a realistic gauge on how much time has passed. It starts the counter at zero so that when Maybe your, you know, your wing is on fire or or there's an emergency. What feels like you have to hurry up and make a decision or you're going to crash right now, it allows you to take a breath. You hack the clock so that when it feels like two minutes have gone by, so now it's impending doom, you look and you're like, oh my gosh, it's only 12 seconds. But yeah. what I do is I, I reverse engineer that. So if there's something I need to do, I need to write or I need to get an executive summary or a white paper out, I will literally set a timer and go, I am going to write for the next 55 minutes. I close my Outlook. I turn off my email. I put my phone on, do not disturb. And for 55 minutes, nothing is dinging or chiming, but my brain still knows at the end of 55 minutes, that now there's a treat, right? Who knows what that is, right? It could be that I get to check my email, but I reverse engineer it, but I still call it hacking the clock because what it does is it makes you very mindful about where your attention is going and the time you're actually spending on something. In the book, you talk about creating a flight plan for success. Can you, just as we close, tell tell me, as you've created so many flight plans in your career as an actual pilot, First of all, what does a flight plan look like for those of us who don't fly airplanes? And second, how does that overlap with a flight plan for your life? I'm I'm, I'm a geek when it comes to planning your life. I'm just a I geek. Know. I Such love that Such great questions. So, so to keep it short, flight plans when you're flying can look very different depending on what you're doing. But it's always bottom line up front. Where are you starting? Where are you going? And what are the checkpoints to get you there? Got it. <laughs> That is, yeah, no, no more needs to be said. So when you create a, a life plan using that analogy, mm-hmm. are you, or is it, is it here's where I am? Do you take an, a, an assess of an actual inventory of who you really are, sort of a twelve steps thing, and then you, and then you say, here, here's what I do. Okay. Um, borrowing from Stephen Covey, and I can't remember who he borrowed it from, but he borrowed it from somebody. I wrote my obituary, and as part of my morning ritual, I actually read my obituary. And it talks about what a great husband I was, what a great father I was. Of course, I won't be a father till you know late June, but I, I'm, but my obituary will say that. You know, it's these things that I read about that I go, okay, that tells me where I'm going. Mm-hmm. So I know when those things come up, those opportunities come up. I say, oh yeah, that's in my obituary. It's where I want to go. So I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity. But then I also create a one year, ten, five year, and ten year vision. So I these these checkpoints along the way to my obituary. All this sounds really sad, but checkpoints on the way to my funeral uh, that I want to make sure that I hit so that I'm getting there in a certain period of time. Is that 
is am I doing it right? <laughs> well, you know what? I, I'm giving you a virtual high five from here because I think the beauty in that is again, you've you have in a certain period of time have identified the checkpoints or the things that matter to you, right? That right. goes back to what does success look like for you? So that you know, things might change three years, probably not ideal ideologically. But the general direction that you're heading, what that actually does is it gives you your own, your ability to, to be accountable to yourself because too many people end up drifting. You know, you don't have to have every day planned out. You don't have to have every hour planned out. But if you haven't even thought about a general idea of where it is you want to go or where it is maybe you want to bring your company, 100%, I can promise you, you're going to end up somewhere that somebody else is saying that you should go. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's some corporation or some leader or somebody in your family or or, ter- or terribly the, the negative voices in your head may be dictating where you go. And 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 the two demons there are are, you know, you can fall prey to your limiting beliefs of what's possible. And or again, you can you can end up living somebody else's life plan that's not a fit yeah. for you. I can't tell you how many times in the last 10 years I personally have had somebody tell me or or many people tell me, you need to scale, you need to scale, you could be impacting millions. And I'm like, I have four kids at home right now. Yeah, yeah. I have young kids. If I do that, that means I'm going something's going to have to give. I have four kids, I have a husband, and I had a dog that shed. <laughs> Which one's going to go? Yeah. Right? So I've had to be very mindful in choosing my lane of, you know, where yes. I'm, I was I was willing to go hard. Well, and avoiding burnout. I mean, your you, chapter three and in your burnout. book is about burnout. Absolutely. You're not going to be able to do it. Absolutely. So again, I think it's important that, and this goes back to that span of control piece from, I think this is going to be critical for leaders to get their arms around, especially that burnout piece. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But understanding that this, again, this isn't butterflies and unicorns. There there are some very good actionable tools and tips in there. But if you want to harness what's possible for yourself, and for your teammates, if you don't have a good framework in place, and by good, I mean, it cannot be super complicated because my big thing is our attention is getting pulled in a million different directions right now. And I promise you, when you dilute your focus, you dilute your power. The book is called Span of Control. Uh, yeah, what an honor to have you back on the show. And, and I hope that you'll come back again and again, because I love our conversations. Oh gosh, I'd love to. Thanks for having me back. I, I use plain analogies all the time. I mean, if you um, if you take the Business Made Simple How to Grow a Business course that's new on the platform, I shoot that course in front of a triple seven with the Business Made Simple logo painted on it. I, I, I shoot that course in front of that plane because I think there are six parts of a business and they work just like the six parts of an airplane. There's the cockpit, it's where your leadership sits. You got to know where we're going, why we're going there, who's going with us. Your right engine is your marketing. You have to have a clear message and a sales funnel. And uh, your left engine is your sales. You need to know how to run a sales campaign and organize a sales team. Your wings are your products. They need to be in demand and profitable. Your overhead is the body. It needs to be lean. If it gets too big, your plane's going to crash. And your fuel tank is your cash flow. And you always need cash. If you run out, you're done. 
I like the analogy of the airplane, and I built my company always thinking of it like an airplane, trying to build each part in proportion to the other. Here, though, is a seventh element, turbulence. It's guaranteed. I think that was one of the controlling ideas that Kerry Lorenz got to today. Turbulence is guaranteed. Uh, it's how you handle the turbulence that matters. You know, most turbulence, most pilots will tell you they just get used to it. Uh, you're literally just hitting air. That's all it is. It's air. You're slamming up against air. It's not going to take the plane down. The plane is built for it. But it scares a lot of us. Uh, we don't fly that much. Well, the longer you run a company, the longer you lead, the longer you stay in that family and grow that family, the more you're going to experience turbulence. But it really helps to understand turbulence is just part of life. It's just part of it. You get smooth bits here and there, but most of it is turbulence. And if you're not scared of it, and if we can stay uh, in control of ourselves amidst turbulence, we're going to go really far, we're going to go really fast, and we're going to get a lot of people who depend on us to the place they want to go. Turbulence is guaranteed. Carrie, thanks for that terrific conversation. Thanks for listening to the Business Made Simple podcast. Until next week, here's to growing your business. It can seem like the whole job of an entrepreneur is to worry, which is why the Business Made Simple podcast is here for you every week, taking the mystery out of growing your business. So if you got something out of today's episode, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Then go to businessmadesimple.com to see how our on-demand courses and live coaching events can give you the practical skills you need so you won't just sound like you understand business, you will actually know how a business works and how to grow it. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.